Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Staff and Chance Wrestling Edition. I'm your host, Bobby Sampson. Joined with me, as always, is the cleanly shorn man, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, how you doing, buddy? Feeling good, man. How you doing? Not bad, man. What happened to the beard? What's that? What happened to the beard? Well, I figure you trimmed up, so I had a match. Shit, you went too far, bro. <laughs> it's a completely different look. I don't think I've seen yeah. you without a stash. Yeah, I like to switch it up once in a while. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, man. Keep people uh, on their toes. How was your long weekend? It's pretty good. How about yours? Can't complain, man. Busy, busy, busy. Just uh, catching up on odds and ends, getting everything ready for the little one as they get ready to get back to school. So, yeah, all in all, just a you know, fun, action-packed weekend. But summer is not over yet, even though the kids are back to school and everyone's back to work for the most part. Yeah, uh, but we still have summer. We still have another two weeks of summer to go. So hopefully things stay hot and uh, a lot of hot stuff going on here. But first, why don't we just uh, say to everybody, like and subscribe. Thank you if you've already liked and subscribed. And for those listening for the first time, please hit the notification button. Hit that like button. And, uh, you know, that's all we ask. The, the more you guys can support us, the better we can produce quality podcasts for you guys. Uh and, and just kind of be able to share our thoughts. So, yeah, please like and subscribe. Hit that notification button. Tap underscore chance. That's where our bio tree is, our Instagram page. There you'll oh. find our links to everything. Facebook, TikTok, um, YouTube as well. So, yeah, it's all there. But uh, let's get right into it, man. Monday Night Raw, right after Clash of the Castle. Did you have expectations going into the show, Chance? I did, yeah. And? I thought it was okay. I, didn't, I mean, obviously, it'd be a little bit of a letdown after such a hot show, right? It was a decent Raw. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was good. Well, I don't think yeah. it was great. But, I mean, after that hot show, it's hard to talk that. You know, you're still, like, up that high from the clash. I uh, thought yeah. it wasn't bad Raw overall. No, it it's good. It's just kind of like to know where things are progressing and where things are kind of going with everything, right? So, I mean, it's that mm-hmm. wanting to know. And right off the bat, they, that's what they started with. Uh, Edge comes out to address the Dominic situation that's kind of uh, probably, like I said, on Saturday, his best work to date. He looks amazing. He looks so good as a heel. I loved it. Um, comes out, he's he's calling him out. And uh, basically, Ray comes out, though, instead, you know, uh, asking for forgiveness on his behalf. And I think Edge said it best, man. He goes, he's old enough to drink. He's old enough to drive. He's old enough to get into this ring. He's old enough to pay his dues. Yeah, fair and, enough. And uh, sure enough, uh, Rhea Ripley comes out and they debut the Dominic of the Judgment Day. Here's kind of slick back. I think he might have dyed it a little bit darker. He's got the mullet. He's, well, he's still got the mullet, but I mean, he's got a parted mullet now, I guess. The best you can do with a mullet. I don't know what else you can. Um, Judgment Day basically attacks Edge from behind. Oh, this was the interesting point. Ray, Ray leaves. He says, I don't want anything to do with this. This is your fight. You know, he accepts it and whatnot. Uh, he tries to talk to Dominic as he's passing by, and Dominic won't even look at him. And, uh, you know, he vows, Ray says, he'll never fight his son. So if they're building, starting a slow build to this for WrestleMania, I think that's a good thing. They're doing it right that You way, know what stole the thunder from that segment when Ray was talking to his kid? Mm. Those four or five dudes in the crowd chanting, you're ready, son, you're ready, son. It kind of caught Ray off guard a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. And it was so he, close. He kind started. of ignored it, but I think it kind of stole from the moment. Yeah, I know 100%. Speaking right of right which, that's kind of like the second time now that, you know, production has kind of missed something or should have been more aware of it. Yeah. Uh, we didn't touch base on this. Did you see the guy who had the uh, I'm a better dad than Chris Benoit t-shirt? 
No, I didn't see that. Yeah, they, they had a guy standing there and he was his family and they actually took like a shot of him. And he's oh, wearing wow. a t-shirt that says, I'm a better dad than Chris Benoit. Wow, they kick him out? I don't know if they kicked him out or not, but I mean, they, it was something that should have been caught, right? I mean, in terms of... You'd think so, that's serious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But let's move on with the show. The Judgment Day kind of attacks them from behind. Ray comes out to help out um, to help out Edge, but both of them end up in the dirt, and the four of the Judgment Day partners walk away with no issues. Uh, basically, then you have the match with the New Day versus the Alpha Academy, Los Letharios Street Profits in a fatal four-way match. I don't know if it was for a number one contendership or anything, but this whole match was just basically a setup for the returning Braun Strowman. Uh, guy looks amazing. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, he's lean. He's lost a lot of weight, toned up. He's lost weight. He looks really good. Uh, I'm not sure about the red pants, the red tights. Kind of silly, uh, but, you know, he looks good, though, body-wise. Let me ask you something. Do you think that that was the right way to debut him to destroying four teams. Like, I mean, not really. I don't think so. And beating up little small Chad Gable. I don't. Well, I mean, I just, it almost feels like, okay, there's so much, I don't know if there was a lot of hype around his return back or what have you, but I almost feel they dropped the ball on it. Like I almost feel they could have done something much more memorable. So now what's he going to do? Who's he going to feud with? Is he going to feud with one of those teams or just kind of destroy everybody every raw? Well, I think it seems like he's just picking up from where he left off, which I wish I wish they hadn't done with him or planning to do with him because, I mean, he has a lot of potential. They have he to does, look yeah. him differently this time. They have to. Like, he is beatable, right? So that's the thing. He's not He's not like an Omos. No, he's Lashley and Lesnar. There's some guys that can take him down. Right. There are some guys that can take him down. But, I mean, I think it would have been more fitting, in my opinion, but then again, that's kind of cutting into what they were trying to do with the Miz in the main event. But Bobby Lashley, like you said, hit the nail on the head. Only other guy in the raw side of, of WWE that could even give him a run for his money the way he is. Outside of Omos, maybe, right? Yeah. I mean, other guys used to kind of have to chop down at him. Like, I mean, I guess Seth Rollins could. I mean, a guy who has technical skills, more yeah, of a technical done, background, but... it can be done. But I would have liked to have seen him, and you know what? We'll touch about. We'll talk about that when we get to um, when we get to the main event here. Hold on, here I'm having a little technical issue. Oh, here we go. Oh no, technical issue again. Pardon me. So back to Raw. Yeah. So uh, basically, you had the women tag team champions come out. Rodriguez and Aliyah defeating Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. I'm kind of hoping to see these two break up here at some point. Something's got to give. That either. I agree with you on that. Uh, something has to give. Dewdrop is a pretty cool talent, and Nikki has potential. I mean, she's she's you know trying to she's doing all the right things in my opinion, reinventing herself, trying to come up with new gimmicks and whatnot. But Dewdrop's a special kind of talent, you know. Like I really feel that they can do a lot with her, and she's really getting lost in the shuffle. And I don't think the women's division is a place where you should be able to get lost in the shuffle. There's there's enough space for all the ladies there. I mean, yeah, considering well, the size of the roster. Um, basically, you know, that was that. Kevin Owens, Austin Theories have a fight here. They come out. Um, Austin Theory comes out and he's blaming Tyson Fury for costing him the chance to cash in the uh, the money in the money bank. bank. And yeah. that brings out uh, Kevin Owens, who I'm thinking now is pretty much a angry face. That's what it seems to be. You know, I, I was he, surprised that Owens beat him clean like that. 
They do that to him a lot, though. If you think about it, there he goes through like two or three, four losses at one time. Yeah, I like, he's young, he's built. like, I don't understand why they're putting him down. I don't think they're putting him down. I think they're they're building him just right. They don't like. I mean, if you think about it, Cena kind of lost a lot like that too, a little bit, right? I mean, he got his ass handed to him by Brock at the pay per view yeah. and whatnot. So, I mean, if if you're trying to build the guy the right way, I think this is the right way. Like, you're giving him his wins. He's getting his losses. He still has that briefcase. That's never gonna you know change anything yeah. for him, right? Um, and and they're just trying to keep it open with him. Like, okay, the kid's still learning. He's still this and that. He's still cocky and arrogant. It'd be too much, I think, for fans alike, fans of him or against him, to, to see him constantly getting his way. You know, you see yeah, him but a guy like, like that. I don't know, I see a guy like no one beat him clean. I don't know. I didn't like that. I wish he would have cheated or something, you know? But I, it was possibly, a good match. No, it's I mean. a good match. But like I said, I think they're trying to rebuild Owens too now. Yeah. So, you know, they're trying to get him to a certain level as well. Because I think at some point he's going to have to contend for something, right? Uh, and so I, I can see that, and I, I I don't have a problem with it myself personally because I don't think it hurts any guy. It doesn't hurt theory in any way. No, I know. I just don't like seeing right? a guy like, an older guy like Owens put down a young guy like that. But yeah, yeah I, I understand why though. But I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah. So Champa gets his first name back too. So everyone who lost their first names have gotten it back. So Tommaso Champa now. Yeah. Uh, he's back. He's got Johnny Gargano has a little segment where it says he's going to be back next week to have his first match on Raw. So kind of looking forward to that, seeing what he's got. He's been out for a while. Yeah. Uh, so that should be kind of interesting. Damian Priest defeated Rey Mysterio after the match. Rhea Ripley said Dominic Mysterio will face Edge next week and put him back into retirement. So there you go. There's slow build here now, man. Nice and slow. Yeah. I, I, you know, so that should be interesting. Uh, after the match, I'm sorry, Braun Strowman said that nobody is safe and he will appear on Friday Night SmackDown. So I guess he's just going to make his rounds now, right? And, yeah. Um, get him back in the mix. Get him back in the mix. Um, Matt Riddle, like we talked about, challenges Seth Rollins to a rematch uh, at Backlash. Um, and exactly when is we were, Backlash? It's in October, October eighth, no, okay. I believe it is. October eighth okay. or ninth, something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Yeah, so some of our followers uh, are from Philadelphia. Hopefully, they'll be at that show, and they can let us know what's going on with it. Uh, so it's, it's ramping up. So that's the next show there. There will probably be no Roman Reigns, just so we know. That's so probably not, no. Yeah, he won't be defending anything there. I think the next date for him will basically be at um, Crown Jewel in November. Speaking of Roman Reigns, just I'm going to put on the record now, just as a, as a bold prediction. This could be right, could be wrong, who knows. But I think if Cody Rhodes is healthy, he's going to come back, win the Royal Rumble, challenge Reigns, and take the belt off him at Mania. That's my prediction. That's who will take the belt from Reigns. Just because he's they want to build him, he's an indie kind of AEW guy, and they want to give him the strap. I think that's what's going to happen. And I'm glad okay. uh, I'm glad that Drew didn't take the belt off Reigns because it would be nice to see Cody get it. So that's what I think. We'll see what happens. I think the belts are going to be split up before any of that happens. I'm not saying you're wrong. I could see that potentially that Cody winning, but if they're building up to a Rock, Rock Reigns WrestleMania, which is still you know still it's being possible. I don't know if Rock can even go. Like he didn't look very good. It was eight years ago. He barely moved. So I don't know. He looks body's great, but he can barely move in there. So I don't know what he's gonna be like now. But you know what, though, man. I mean, it's right up your alley. This is for the casual fan, isn't it? No, no. I, I, hey, trust me. I would rather the Rock any day over Cody Rhodes. So I hope it yeah. happens. But I almost have a feeling that. 
the titles have to be something has to happen here. There's no way he can go into Mania with both titles fighting the Rock, having a Royal Rumble winner as well yeah. involved somehow, right? Unless they do some kind of you know Brett Lex Yoko style type of match where both guys have to have two matches and you know, everyone basically has two matches a night. Yeah, so something's got to give with the two great. belts. So something has to happen there. Like one guy can have a belt to challenge the Royal Rumble winner, but if they're going with Rock reigns then i just don't see how that can be possible but you know yeah i can see cody coming back and winning the rumble no problem with that at all i see that happening i think that's already booked to be honest yeah. right i mean the way he was shooting them up and everything and the way aw is right now i'm, I'm sure and it's too bad that triple h has a defibrillator in his chest because wouldn't it be great to see cody rhodes and triple h have a small little program together after he after he bashed the king's throne at aw and talk all that smack that brother, would be hot brother never say never you yeah. know, never say never. I mean, even if it's a light working schedule, whatever the case may be, I'm sure they could pull something off. I, I you know, that potentially could happen. Could be like a McMahon Austin kind of thing. We don't got to wrestle kind too of. much, but bang around a bit. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And I think he's good for it. I mean, I, I know you're looking at Triple H, you can tell that he still has physique. He still works. Oh, out. he's still in great shape. You know, he's probably a little smaller than he used to be. But I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, the guy's still in shape. And so who knows? He, he still, still could go. probably go. Yeah. Still probably go. That brings us to the main event of Raw, and uh, it was basically Bobby Lashley fighting The Miz for the U.S. title in a steel cage match. Reason for this is so The Miz can feel safe and out of range from Dexter Loomis. Um, interesting story these two guys are having together here. So, your basic straightforward match, I'm going to say Bobby Lashley won. Yeah. Right? And after the match, you see... I'm oh, sorry, it was... Yeah, well, what, sorry, pardon me. The Miz was trying to climb out of the cage. And Loomis and Dexter, is lying on the ground. And Loomis is laying on the ground looking straight up at him, which cost him the loss. Pulled, Lashley was able to pull him down, finish him off, get the pin, blah, blah, blah. Match is over. There you go. Dexter Loomis comes in and, and basically puts him to sleep, and, and that's that. This is where I think Braun should have made his debut. Doing that. Coming out here, yeah. Coming out here. At the end of the match, as the cage is coming up or the cage is still down, Lashley's alone in the ring. He could have still had all the Dexter stuff and, and uh, Miz, Miz storyline before that. But at the end of the show, you can say, oh, here's Lashley. You know, he's going to give the fans a little you know, bit of a pose down, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then enter Strowman. That yeah, would have been, cool. I think that would have been a much better way of doing it opposed to the way of him coming and just like, now you get discredited the Street Profits, right? Out of all the teams there, I would say you discredited the Street Profits the most. Yeah. I, I mean, the New Day's already beat up and stuff. It's kind of, they didn't really take too much from, from Braun. But I mean, I think that hurt the Profits more than any other team there. Doesn't hurt the New Day. New Day's always going to be great. Yeah. I mean, you got... Otis, Otis, and Gable, who are basically your comedy tag team. I mean, yeah, you know, they're, they're there. They're they're funny. They're good. Good hands. Los Lotharios. Los Lotharios are probably the one team on that totem pole that it wouldn't have hurt them either way. Yeah. Right? It's not going to change their status because they're not that high up on the bar anyways. No. They're just, yeah, they're just happy to be there. Yeah, no, 100%. So that's basically Monday Night Raw, man. Um, like I said, decent show. Well decent, paced. Yeah. I liked it. It was not too shabby. Nice little highlight packages from the weekend and whatnot. And uh, you know what? Thank you, Cardiff, uh, the crowd, anyways, for 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 being loud and boisterous and making it that much more enjoyable for the for those of us sitting at home watching. 
But hey, yeah. let's go. I want to talk about your buddy. Your yeah, best huh? friend. Oh, wow. Hey, this guy's just not stopping. He's out of control, man. I need to send him home. I don't think you can, but I think he's basically running the company now, in my opinion. I, I don't know what what happened backstage or he went up, he fought with the box and um Kenny Okay. Omega? Yeah, yeah. He basically and Ace Steel. I gotta do my research on this because I don't know much about Ace Steel. I know the name, but I don't know where he came from and, and, and you know how all of a sudden he's like Punk's number one guy. Like he looks at his wife looks after Punk's dog backstage. This is and this is one of the agents backstage, this ace guy? Ace guy, yeah, he's like one of the agents, uh, you know, just basically just one of the guys, man. So here's basically what happens. So CM Punk comes back, he beats Moxley for the title, yeah? MJF comes out, reveals himself as the Joker. So at the beginning of the night, they had, uh, I think it was this eight-man ladder match. And they have a big poker chip up there, and they call that the, uh, the Joker chip or whatever it's just their version of money in the bank yeah right so basically these guys are all fighting and all of a sudden all these dudes come out and beat everyone up and this guy comes out in this really cool looking mask walks up the ladder grabs the chip and walks away later revealed it's 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 um mj who's back yeah and it was really cool i the whole thing was work obviously him being gone and whatnot so the very first thing that lights go out and uh, they basically have this phone message, Tony Khan leaving a voicemail for MJF saying, listen, you know, I know you don't care about the fans, but, you know, I need you to come to All Out, blah, blah, blah. I'll put you in the uh, Joker match and I'll pay you, beep. They don't tell you how much he's getting paid, right? Mm-hmm. All you got to do is just show up at All Out. And then all of a sudden they show this little segment of uh, Punk in Ring of Honor where he turned heel after he won the title. And he said, I'm the snake, right? And uh, then you got MGF saying, well, I'm the devil. And he comes out, crowd just went ballistic for him. And I think this is, I could be completely wrong. I don't know. But we're in Chicago. This crowd went fucking apeshit for MJF. With Punk, with Punk standing in the ring, holding the belt up in his arms, covered in blood. The fans were just nuts for MJF. Interesting just, in Punk's hometown. In Punk's hometown. Did they, and it, what, what was the attendance for? They ended up selling that place out? You know, I don't even know, bro. I didn't even go that deep into it. I just kind of caught. I kind of, to be fair, I saw all the matches except the last two, to be honest. I, I couldn't get to them yet. I still go back and watch Daniel Bryan Jericho or Bryan Danielson, sorry, Jericho and uh, the Punk Moxley fight. I am kind of curious to see how he beat him, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know how it played out. I don't know anything, how the matches actually went, which is great. Even though I know the outcome, I still want to watch the match yes, to see how yeah, they got there, right? Yeah. So basically, AEW, um, this is something they've always done after their pay-per-views, either those media scrums with the talent coming up. WWE did that for the first time in Cardiff, right? Yeah. It's kind of interesting, but AEW kind of looks more like a press conference. You know, it, it, that's one thing they do, do better than WWE right now. Yeah. But that being said, if WWE decides to kind of continue with this after pay-per-views, I'm sure, at it. I'm sure they'll get better at it as it goes, right? But here's how it went down. So one announcer basically asked them um, about the Hangman Page situation and, you know, how other people backstage played a role. This is what he said, and this is quotations, right? This is 
it word for word. The fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target. And they spread lies and bullshit and put it out to all the media that I got someone fired when I have nothing to do with him, referring to Cole Cabana. Yeah. So everything stems around him and Cole Cabana. Everyone thinks, a lot of people think, including the Bucks and Omega, as it seems now, that they that Punk had something to do with Tony Khan moving him to Ring of Honor. Of course he did. Initially wanting, initially almost having him let go, but then moving him to Ring of Honor when they bought the, the promotion. I, I totally believe Punk. He's such a cry, he's such a whiner, such a bitter jerk. I totally believe that. Yeah. He continues on here, Punk does. I want nothing to do with him. Do not care where he works where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do all this in 2022, it's bloody, it's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> he continues. And it's, it, and if you're all at fault, fuck you. If not, I apologize. So that kind of set it off there, right? Um, so so the, basically what happened there is he, he goes off on, on Hangman for a little bit then, right? So the whole issue with Hangman is this. Hangman came out and cut a promo. Right? Like a shoot-style promo saying that, you know, whatever he said about Punk and whatnot, that didn't sit tight with Punk, right? So that's when Punk came out and did that shoot promo shoot promo at the beginning of the show, which wasn't even scheduled. So that's why Hangman never came out at that time because it wasn't, you know, nothing was scheduled. Yeah. He, he followed the rules. He didn't go out there and engage with him as he wanted him to. So... From that perspective, you know what I mean? I got to give it to Hangman a little bit. But, you know, saying what Hangman said too, I could see where Punk gets annoyed or pissed off. But, I mean, it's just comments, right? It, it shouldn't affect you. You've been at yeah. this long enough. So here's what he has to say about at, uh, Hangman in this press conference. What did I ever do in the world to deserve an empty-handed, uh, empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking going to business for himself? For what? What did I do? What did I ever do? This is CM Punk again. Didn't do a goddamn thing. That's not my position to make it very clear that I don't want anything with Cabana being here talking about Tony Khan. Want to hear more? Yeah, keep it going. All right, man. There are people who call themselves the EVPs that should have fucking known better. This shit was none of their business. Another jab at the Bucks and uh, Kenny Omega. I think, oh, so then he goes on to talk about Max, MJF, okay? I think Max is a supremely, supremely talented individual, but this goes, but this goes for him and anyone else in the locker room who doesn't want to be here. The grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. And like Mac, and Max likes to shit where he eats instead of watering the grass. Isn't that what Punk did at WWE? <laughs> Pretty much, right? Yeah, no, he's such a contradiction. So here's what happened. So that happened Sunday night, Monday in the morning. I guess they all kind of met up at some place or they, they all saw each other somewhere. And words were had, like, you know, like at the end of the day, the company was started by the Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and Tony Khan. Tony Khan was the money, but the brains and everything behind everything were those four guys. Yeah. Right? Not even Jericho. Jericho was brought in as that name guy. Right? Yeah, but do the Bucks, do the Bucks and Omega, they they own any of the company at all? 
I don't know if they own any of the company because it's all Tony's money, right? If I was Tony Khan, I'd remove him out of that position. Yeah, because you can't be a worker and be the and be the vice president. It creates too much heat. Well, I think it almost feels like they were doing a great job, and nothing was really troublesome until Punk came on the scene and started. Well, the guy's nothing but a troublemaker. He's a brat, right? I think so, anyways. Right? Everyone knew their role. It's not like these guys were putting the titles on themselves. I mean, if you think about it, Omega got the title maybe a year and a half after. You know, Jericho had it, Hangman, or sorry, Jericho had it, Moxley had it, and then he had it. So he was the third champion. But, I mean, it wasn't like those guys came in right off the bat and said, well, we're EVPs, we're going to do this. Like, Cody, outside of the television title, never had the main title. Yeah, Right. True. I mean, these guys were trying to put everyone else over in front of them. They knew they had the opportunities whenever they wanted it. Yes, the Bucks have been AEW Tag Team Champions now. But they never were in the beginning. There was a few teams that had the belts before them. They were not none of these guys were inaugural champions in any way. Except maybe Cody with the TNT title. That's about it. No, no, yeah. Brody, Brody had it first, right? I think so. Yeah. So so even then, so it's just like for Punk to kind of say these things and whatnot. I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. It's a lot of interesting things though. Like a lot of people from the WWE as well have commented on this. I mean, they're all unnamed. Some people are calling him selfish. Some people are saying, like, oh, now people are getting to see in AW what this guy was doing here. Yep. You know, very similar to what you were saying. And that's coming... fight, right? Yeah. And that... Physical altercation. Well, that's it. And this Ace Deal guy, apparently, apparently one of the Bucks got knocked out. Well, that's the thing, dude. What are the Bucks? Five, eight, five, nine, a hundred. They're, like, built, like, they got a body of a 12-year-old girl. He's got grown men beating up the young, but young bucks aren't fighters. They're six two. Okay, well they're skinny as heck though. They they're built like a twelve year old girl. Their body, right? Like I mean, they're not fighters, and they shouldn't be. I believe they got knocked out, but Punk and Steel shouldn't be pick on somebody their own side. Punk started apparently. So this is all the reports are indicating that Punk started the fight. He's the one who threw hands first at, at Matt Jackson. Okay. Um, and I think it was Matt who got knocked out. Don't quote me on it. I apologize if I'm wrong. But I believe Matt got knocked out, and his buddy Ace Steel threw a chair, which hit Nick Jackson in the eye. And he apparently also bit Kenny Omega. That's this, weak. Fighting, grown man fighting. Well, this guy's fired. Apparently, he's fired now from AEW. So, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think it feels like Tony Khan is losing control of what's happening backstage, and he's letting Punk have free reign with all his comments. He's sitting right beside him doing this press conference while he's saying all this shit. No way Vinny, Vinny Mac would let that fly. He <laughs> shut no. that down so fast. Right? The ratings on Rampage are down. Their, their numbers are down. It's hiding. time to take the, bunk, the, the belt off Punk and send him home. Nobody will care. Like, some people will miss him, but it's not going to make or break them. They'll yeah. be fine. They were fine before he was there. They'll be fine Randy, if he goes. I don't know. Just, it's really weird. He's, it's like, now he's starting fights. You know what I mean? Like, like I can promise you one thing. If that was Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, he wouldn't have been doing that. No, the you only guy, I mean? the only guy who ever stood up to Brock, I believe, was Jericho. Yeah, he and he's lucky he Triple H, McMahon pulled him off. He got a beating of his life. But respect to Jericho, man. Yeah, he stood up, stood up to Goldberg too. Yeah, he stood up to Goldberg as well. But yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this because it's like if you think about it a year ago today. I mean, as we come close to the end of the U.S. Open here, you know, I kind of gauge it by that. AEW felt like they were on top of the world, man. They were. Right? Everything was beautiful. And now it's just kind of like all these kind of... Little... The honeymoon phase is over now, right? 
Well, like I said from the very get-go, man, they're we both said it. Their 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 roster is oversaturated. There's just it's way, way too, too many people on there. Um, the thing is, know. Tony Khan, he doesn't have that. You know, when you get a guy like Vince McMahon, you know he's got that. He's got that boss feel. Like he's a good guy, but if you piss him off, he'll send you home. He'll fire you. Tony Khan just feels like he's one of your friends. He doesn't feel like a boss. You know what I mean? He looks like well, some geeky guy watching Star Trek that's I, gonna like, hang out with the boys. And I think that's part of the problem. They don't have an authority figure there to put okay. the hammer down. I was talking to Scotty Matt. Uh, we were having a conversation a couple of weeks ago, very similar to kind of what we're talking about right now. And wrestlers in general are very, very protective of the business, regardless of it being a shoot or a work or whatever. Mm. The business itself, the actual business, is very protected still by a lot of the athletes that are involved, yeah. right? You know, they take a lot of pride in what they do and, and whatnot. So, yeah. You know, as much as we love wrestling, if we were to get involved in wrestling, we would not be fully accepted ourselves. Um, you know, we'll always be taken with a grain of salt. We'd always be, you know, especially on the smaller circuits and whatnot, right? You know, because a lot of those guys toil there for years and years and years. And, you know, the last thing they want to see is some guy come in and, and take all the thunder for nothing. Sort of a lot video. of paranoid, yeah. A lot, a lot of, of paranoid. So, so for example, when it comes to guys who have the money, like wrestlers are wrestlers, right? Then you got your money guy. Yeah. Right. And and you know, he wants to be a part of it, this and that. But even at that stage, a lot of the wrestlers are still very tentative of the money guy because what do you know about the business? You're only supporting the money. So I don't know if that's becoming a case here with Tony Khan because he's all about the money. Yeah, he's a wrestling fan, but he didn't live the business like McMahon did, right? No. I mean, McMahon was raised in this. This is all he's, he's ever known. He's just a fan that daddy was rich. Is that right? a like, I, like Stephanie is more wrestling yes. than Tony Khan is. Yeah. She grew up around Andre Dryan and Hogan. And all well, that's guys. it. Yeah. Like, you know, Rock, all these guys are more wrestling than Tony Khan ever will be. And I'm talking oh, about yeah. guys who have the money that could potentially match what he does. Right. And it's not really even Tony's money. Let's be honest. It's his dad's, dad's money. money. Yeah. Right. It's Rashid Khan's money. So, you know, taking all those things into account, do you almost feel, because like you constantly say, and you're right, AEW is predominantly made up of indie wrestlers. Yeah. That they're taking advantage of a situation or he they just are. doesn't know how to control it. I think Tony Khan needs to bring, if he can't be that guy, he needs to bring in somebody, some sort of authority figure a little bit. Or if you mess around, there's going to be a little bit of repercussions. There's, yeah. there, there's no fear in there right now, you know? No, no. There's I don't no know who fear. that would be, but somebody. Well, like I said, they have created a, a new kind of division that deals with more of the talent relations and what have you. And I think we're seeing why structure has to work in wrestling here. Yeah, you know the be. the one thing that I always thought that A and W, sorry AEW, um, was lucky to have the opportunity to do was let guys you know do their own promos, let them shine for their own true talents and what they you know yeah what got them to the dance. I'm not saying guys need to write their promos or stuff like that, but I think they need to start bringing in some control because now we're kind of seeing. I'm not saying it's a WCW type of situation where everyone's a booker. I don't think that's yeah. the case. But I do believe there are way too many cooks in that one little kitchen right now. There is. And I think they're trying to make the right steps by by having this creative uh, creative division come into play. But then again, it's all guys like Sanjay Dutt and, uh, you know, 
uh, Tony Schiavone and things like that that are going to be running it. So I don't know. Let's see. Let's see if they can figure this out because, like Bunk I said, needs to face some sort of disciplinary, disciplinary action for that, though. Well, I mean, I I don't know what they're going to do. We'll find out, I guess. We'll see, right? I'm but glad yeah, that I, he still got fired. Did I send yeah. a message to Punk? You know. Well, I, I mean, you can't really fire Punk. He's your golden boy right now. No, you can't really fire him, but you can say, okay, you're going to lose next pay per view and and just just bury him. Give it to MGF. Yeah, he's he's not worth it, man. He, he's in his late forties. He's he's a cancer everywhere he goes. He's a big mouth. He's rude. I mean, yes, he has some fans and and he's talented, but it's it's not worth all this. Guys are getting knocked out. What if you got a? What if Jackson has a permanent like some sort of brain damage this concussion? He might have got a concussion. We don't know. Well, no, like I said, then, the, the one saving grace that Ace Steel and CM Punk have is that the cops never did show up and no charges were laid. So. Again, this is story unfolding. It's basically just happened, I guess, yesterday morning. So, yeah, I you know, this. So, I mean, I don't know how much more reference you're going to get, but I'm sure things will keep kind of popping out. Dynamite will be interesting, that's for sure. Well, you know, and, and if anyone's laughing right now, it's Triple H and the boys back in uh, Stanford there. They, Speaking of Triple H, I'm glad you brought that up. I watched an interview with the nurse today. He had a, he had a funny comment with uh, Ariel Hawani. He said... Uh, Good for AEW, they beat a development system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Beat, I, but that's what it that was. was a good comment. No, it, yeah, it was but... true, though, right? But then at the time, I think a lot of people were arguing at that time, the NXT that they were going up against was actually doing better than Raw and SmackDown. Some people say the show was better. The ratings weren't, though. That's the thing. Well, it's just... So was, did you watch it? Yeah, I was the one who told you to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Huh? I was the one who told you to watch it, bro. Yeah, I finally watched it. It was good. I mean, Hawani threw him a lot of softballs, but the one thing that I'll praise Triple H for, and, and I totally agree with him, is uh, the high respect and the high regard he has for his father-in-law. He even says, one man can't do what Vince can do, but no. a bunch of us can. He's like, Vince told me, make this your show if I don't like it. So he's nothing but praise. He's not bad mouth. Yeah. Vince is praising him for his spot. So classy, classy guy. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. threw him some softball, but he also threw him some, you know, questions that people really wanted answers to. And I think that, you know, Triple H did a great job answering all the questions. Yeah, and, I was uh, hoping Tony would have went in there and said, so what happened with your father-in-law? But all Triple H is a bunch of drama. So Tony kind of, or Ariel kind of backed off a bit, but he doesn't want to piss him off either. Well, he can't piss again. him off either because Ariel's working for BT at this point, right? Yeah, I know. And BT is a major contract holder for WWE. So, And I'm he, glad he brought up the Scott Hall thing. So it, was, it was good. Yeah, no, it was a great interview. I really enjoyed it. I mean, Hawani does some good work. Sometimes he's really boring, but sometimes he's really good too. I'll be fair. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. Um, not my favorite guy, but he's not bad. So. No, he's all right. He's good at what he does. Um, top five? Anything? Yeah, I got a top five for you. Sure. Name your the, your top five favorite wrestling promotions that aren't WWE. Existent or non-existent? All time. All time? Well, okay. It'll be Stampede Wrestling number one. Okay. Reason being is I did not know what WWE was. The first thing I ever experienced was Stampede. Okay. And from there, I discovered WWE. All right. So Stampede Wrestling, uh, a, uh, sorry, um, AWA. Okay. Definitely. So Stampede, AWA, um, WCW, AWA, more okay. so the 80s and going into the early 90s. Um, so one more. No, two more. Are you going to count WCW and NWA as one? No, because they were the same promotion. Okay, so you got two more. Right. And uh, also, growing up as a kid, I was a fan of mid-Atlantic wrestling. We used to get that from time to time, so that was like a treat wrestling that you used to get. Okay. And UWF, we used to come on Sunday nights. 
on what is the CW11 today, I guess, or whatever the CW is in your okay. part of the world. Yeah. You? Solid. You got what? one? So I got mine? Yeah. Well, I'm obviously WCW. Um, WCW. I didn't really watch much Stampede a little bit when I was a kid, right? Because it wasn't late 80s, right? I was only like six. Yeah, so for me, I got it. it. I, I got it at eight years old. So yeah. You know, and then I'll my... have to say um AWA just because I bought a bunch of their DVDs like 10 years ago and WWE put them on. I watched a bunch of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So throw that in there. Thanks. And I'm gonna throw a throw a curveball in there. I'll say TNA for the first the first like five six years was really good. Fair enough. I, I didn't it. even um, I, didn't, I didn't think about TNA. TNA, right? Um yeah. it's good. Um well it's tough, man. Um, it's kind of weird. Know. We kind of grew up in a kind of, you know, or generationally. I mean, and I'm gonna we're, throw an all. I'm gonna throw an all star wrestling back in the '80s and '90s because I seen that when I was a kid, local out here. There right? you go. So all star so, would be your stampede. Yeah, I mean, I did see a little bit of stampede. I met when I was like eight, eight, nine, but I was like six or seven. I can't remember all of it. I seen. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. seeing uh, the Hearts and a few guys like that. Yeah, and yeah. Brown. Yeah, no, I just I just remember it because I watched it like as a little kid. It's you know used to come on KVUS Channel Thirteen, which is now City TV, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, those are good old days, man. Um, Mr. Michaels, guess what I got in the mail today? I've seen that. I haven't got mine yet. I should be here any day. I hope. Yeah, I got my copy of Uncontrolled Chaos by Mr. Beefy Goodness himself, Vance Nevada. I tell you what, I just flipped through the pages. It looks like a Bible. Dude, he put a lot of hard work into that, man. I can't wait right? to read it. Like, it's a big book, bro. It's big. Like it's I, I didn't think it was that big. It's actually legit. Fucking big, man. It looks like a Bible and the paper, like is there's there's no cutting around the corners. Like every page has something on it. It's phenomenal. Dude, I can't wait to check it out as soon as we finish reading that. We'll have them back. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. So that'll yeah, be a we, fun we, conversation. There's so much stuff in there we don't even know about. Oh, definitely. I'm, I'm going to get on it tonight. I don't think I'll be watching any Netflix or anything before bed. Too tonight. bad Vance doesn't have an audible book of it because I get to play it while we drive. Get through no, it you know what? This is this is um, this is awesome because at the end of the day, I I think we're losing we're losing the art of like people read. Don't get me wrong, okay? I, I yeah, don't know I how to word this, but flipping pages is a dying art form. It is. And it's nice to have the original copy. You get the pictures and you get the hard copy. It's just, it's cover, just a you know? book. The book smell, the binding, just, I miss it. Like, I really do. Like, I'm I'm really trying hard just to read, you know, books and not use the phone to read, you know, a, a novel or something. It's so or listen easy. To it, yeah. Right? Like, I don't mind listening to an audio, audio book or whatnot, but this is the art form of reading itself, man. I mean, that's the great... Children need to read more. I'm going to yeah, say it right that's now. A, that's an art form that's fading from the kids. I know the teachers make them read, but not like we used to. No, no, but it's reading is so crucial, man. It's crucial to um, attention spans and everything. Yeah. And, you know, that's just another reason why all these things are declining. You know, I'm, sur I'm, I'm surprised. Have they done that in baseball year where they have a pitch count, like a timer on the pitcher now? So they do in the, in the minors. So single A, double A, triple A. Major League is starting that next year. How do you feel about that? They're saying that it's shaved about 40 minutes off each game in the minors, so they're going to try to shave about 40 minutes off each game. In in the majors? 
in the majors. That's oh, the goal. Okay. They but, always but, test it out in the minors before they bring it up. But do you feel that it's taking away from the tradition of the game? I do. I, I don't. I wouldn't do it myself if I was Rob Manfred. But he's trying to speed it up. He's trying to appeal to. He's already got the guys our age that are fans. He wants to, you know, like our kids' age to start getting into. I guess I think if they speed up a little bit, they might enjoy it more. I guess. Kind but of do you feel for. that? It's going to change the dynamic of the players involved. A little like, bit. I mean, pitchers are going to be affected by this, right? I mean, what's your recovery time now going to be between pitches or whatnot? Like, I don't know. Like, is this going to open up to more injuries? I get it. Double A or single A, double A, triple A. You know, yeah, you have some quality guys up there, and probably the closest to the major leaguers would be double A or triple A, right? Triple A is closest, yeah. Right. But you still got spatterings of guys who could be in the majors. Yeah in single and double as well right but at that level at the M- mlb level don't you feel that it, it's going to affect the pitcher's arms like it's susceptible so, more, well, yeah, they, they more open to injury take a little more time well it's just more open to injury don't you think or do you think figure they'll figure that out well i guess they figure that hasn't created any more injuries in the minors yet so i guess figuring that these pros should be okay we'll see maybe it will but I, see I, that I, agree, I think it will but I think and that comes to my point. Like the power and the energy and the way you pitch in the major leagues is much different than you would. Oh, 100%. At, right. So, how can you put that into a system without testing it first? If anything, try it out in the, in the, the preseason. Yeah, no, they're going all in next year. It's 100% on the table. They're going to have a pitch clock. Well, Major League Baseball and the Players Association had to agree to it. So, the players must be okay with it. Who am I to say? Yeah, I guess just trying to expand the game and get a younger. Some younger fans excited, I guess. I don't know. We'll Absolutely. see what happens. All right, brother man. Listen, let's wrap it up here. A oh, quick okay. reminder: All Star Wrestling is back October third at the Maritime uh, Center in Vancouver. Their first show since I guess May or June. May. Yeah, we were at that one. Yeah. Yeah, it fun. was last May. So welcome back, lads. Uh, looking forward to that. Once we get to more details on that card, we will get back to you and let you know all about it. This weekend. At the Hollow Stampede Grounds, uh, we, we have the tournament happening. I will be out that way. Hopefully, we can catch some names and get some interviews in. And uh, we have that coming up as well. Boxing, I want to talk about boxing because so much cool shit happened in the last two days, man, with Mr. Tyson Fury and all the well, stuff that he's we'll around. Just say something real quick here. He's going to beat Joshua, beat Usyk, and then take all the belts and retire and say, beat everybody. That's, just, that's what he's thinking. I think he is too, right? I mean, okay, he's. Well, let's see how it plays out because this weekend, and you were right. I think he got outboxed. I think Ru- I think if Luis Ortiz was five years younger, he beat him, but his legs barely, his legs looked shot. Honestly, at the end of the, okay, I get it. He got knocked down, but outside of those three knockdowns, I still say Ortiz outboxed him. He did. And he would have won if he did. But those three knockdowns were the only thing that screwed him. Uh, It's a big thing, obviously. But anyways, we'll talk about that and so much, much more in the world of boxing. Uh, Great card coming up in the UK this weekend as well. We'll talk about that a little bit. But in the meantime and in between time... Oh, wait a minute. I forgot to say something. I'm Bobby Sampson. And And in the words of the great ACDC, those who download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. Mr. Chance Michaels. And in the words of the infamous Ed Whalen, and I will be honored and privileged to step into the same grounds that he worked in. In the meantime and in between times, that's it for Sam and Chance. Everyone have a safe rest of your first week back at work. Uh, and we will talk to you guys soon.
Sam and Chance are out.